Like what was so good for me was to understand how do I encourage the youth of this nation to follow Christ? How powerful is it when somebody listens to a song and they can identify and they say, hey, I need that God. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. James Curtis talks to artists and industry insiders to discover the connection between music and faith. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at between grooves. Between the Grooves, we are back. Episode 227, your look at music ministry and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. Joining me once again, Aisha Woods. Hello, hello. How y'all doing? I'm doing good, and everybody else is doing good because they're listening to us. Yes, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Today's episode featuring none other than Evan Kraft. He already has three Dove Award nominations under his belt. Tons of streams, lots of views on YouTube as well. And we're going to be talking about the fact that he's a newlywed, got married in September of last year. Um, (laughs) Talk a little bit about his musical career. He's been in the music business for many, many years, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you don't hear about newer artists until they start getting radio airplay or they get so big on YouTube or uh, streaming services and whatnot. But this guy, I would say the best way to describe him in one word is... An evangelist. Yeah, indeed. But have to agree with you there. The conversation that we're going to be sharing with you in just a bit, evangelism plays a big part in it. This guy, his first album, so he's an English-speaking guy. Right. You know, Raised like, in California. Right. And <laughs> his first album is in Spanish. Go figure, eh? And yeah. I just love what he has done with his music, that Latino influence. There's been a lot of that over the last few years. We've talked about country, the country influence. We've talked about the gospel influence. We haven't really talked sure. about the Latino or Spanish influence. Right. I mean, who's out there that's come out with Spanish songs, whether it be partially Spanish or just some of the lyrics are Spanish or the whole thing is Spanish? Mm-hmm. Um, probably Jordan Felice. Yeah. Uh, Danny Goki's done some stuff as well. Goki has. Now, his uh, his wife is Latino descent or something like that. So that probably I helps. believe so. Yeah. And I know he tries to speak Spanish, but he's not very good. <laughs> but he acknowledges it. You know, and don't get me. Don't, I, I don't know a word of Spanish, right? <laughs> you and, know what? It's funny. I, just even talking with Evan, his his R's. Yeah. He's got it down. He's, yeah. he's Listen, if you didn't know any better, you'd yeah. think he was uh, just... Latino by, by birth. birth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he's spent enough time in South America that, sure you know, he, he must be pretty much bilingual, like 100% bilingual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Torn Wells has done some stuff, I believe. Yes, he has. Um, I think um, once you spend any considerable amount of time in Texas, you have that Latino influence. You and, think? You think? Oh, yes. Yes, every bit of it. Just- I, I would have thought that Texas would be like a country vibe or something. Mm, country and Latina. And so where's gospel? Because that's the home of gospel, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. Or is there a I home? I don't know. Is there a home of gospel at all? <laughs> Somewhere here in the U.S., maybe Detroit, I don't know. 
Okay. But, now, uh, you were not born in the U.S., were you? I was. Oh, I you was were born in the U.S., born, but you I were raised where? I was born here in the U.S., in Bermuda. Okay, so... So the Caribbean influence is quite prevalent for me. So do you know any um, Spanish? Believe it or not, my sister is a Spanish teacher. Okay. And she was born in Bermuda. No. Oh. But she... <laughs> Having a sister who teaches Spanish and living in Texas, mm -hmm. living in Florida as well, being born in New York, right. all of these places with very strong uh, Latino influence. Right. Yeah. I know a little Spanish. Poquito. Poquito. <laughs> In, in, in Canada, the official languages are English and French. So we take French okay. in school and you take it up to grade, I don't know, grade nine or 10 or whatever. I think uh -huh. after that, after that, you can decide to still take it or whatever. And I, I apparently aced French when I was, See? when I was in school, but I, I can't remember much of it. No kidding. Like I, I could probably speak a few words here and there and remember oui, some oui. stuff. Oui, oui. Well, there's one of the words I can remember. <laughs> And maybe some very short sentences, but not to mm -hmm. have a conversation a with conversation. somebody. conversation. Because they, sure, sure. the French language is so fast, you know? Right. And very expressionist as well. Like, you know, you got to mm -hmm. use your hands and stuff. And I'm not one that <laughs> use my hands all in the air. But. <laughs> I do, I think. And well, I speak in English. That must be the Spanish the influence, time. right? <laughs> Something. There you go. Well, this is a great conversation that we want to share. Evan Craft, this guy is phenomenal. I just love his heart. And, yes. Uh, and we're going to get into this now, and you don't want to miss any part of this. Evan Kraft on Between the Grooves. Hello? Hello? <laughs> yeah. And, and we started snapping, too, just for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. and uh, and Because yeah. I wasn't getting any of the, like, the meter. And so, yeah, but the headphones were great. <laughs> All right. Well, you sound great. Well, Evan, it's uh, it's great to have you on the show. Um, uh, where can I start? I guess first of all, congratulations! Uh, it's a late congratulations on being a newly uh, a, a newly wed uh, husband. Uh, you got married last awesome. September, I guess. Yeah, yeah, September seventeenth, and oh, uh, seven and a half months in. Yeah, and so what's that? What's that been like? It's always a transition, right? Uh, when you first get married, and of course everybody's asking you when you're gonna have kids and and all that other stuff. <laughs> um, how's it going? Well, yeah, we we're talking about that this morning. Um, yeah, that's that's obviously something that we're excited for, and um, you know we don't know when exactly that'll happen, but um, it's been amazing. We uh, we just you know we woke up early today, went and ran. So we we love to do exercise together and. Um, so it's, it's been amazing. We're, you know, learning how to live, live together, which, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was 30 when I got married. So I had lived in, like, I, I lived in my house where I decorated everything like a bachelor. Right. And, um, it looks a lot better now. It looks a lot better. <laughs> That woman's we touch. A, we moved into a new house where, like, you know, we could decorate together. And um, I, there's rugs now. Never had rugs. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. It's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. I remember when, when I got married. That was many, many years ago. And it was the same sort of scenario. I was kind of the bachelor living in a basement apartment. My wife was still living at home with her folks. And so we got the place a month before we got married. 
maybe it was even me maybe it was even more than that a couple of months so we were able to start furnishing the place and everything else but yeah. i remember just getting when we just got married i mean we didn't even have proper bedroom furniture it was the mattress on the ground yeah um, oh we did that yep. yeah and then and then you slowly build you know oh it's time to yeah. buy a dining room table with some chairs and uh-huh. you start shopping around for that and uh, everything from the curtains to the you know well the last like year it's been impossible to get furniture so we've had to like, I mean, it took us like six months to get our bed. I mean, like they were, you know, they were just, you know, super long waits on everything. So you've been staying awake for like six months straight. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but, um, no, it's been, it's great. Our, I mean, we got our whole house painted now. Like I, I just would never have done this. And it's like, wow, this is like, it looks like a magazine. Yeah. She's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. How does she feel about your music career? Um, she is a she's a very passionate woman, so she has a lot of thoughts on a lot of things. Um, <laughs> you know, which I which I love because I'm a very passionate person as well. Um, and you know, I mean, Rachel really loves her name's Rachel and she loves uh, she I think she loves music more than I do. Like listens to it more than I do. Um, and she loves to see me in my element and, um, you know, like I, I led worship yesterday at her parents' church. Um, and it's, it's really fun to be able to do that stuff together. And, and she's been able to travel with me. I got to, um, go do a, a little tour with Mercy Me and she was able to come and see some other like really, you know, big things in my life. So, um, that's been incredible and she's very, very, very supportive. How did you guys meet? Uh, Rachel was a missionary in Mexico and, um, you know, maybe something that we're going to talk about today. My, the first eight years of my career in like basically all my twenties were in Latin America in Spanish. And so I was hired to go do a festival. It was like a, it was like a evangelical outreach where they did like medical tents and they were helping people in a mm-hmm. lot of different ways. And they had a, um, like a, you know, a, a call to salvation at night and a concert. It, they, even like Jeremy Camp was there, this lady, Marcela Gandara, who's an incredible artist. And so I was playing. And before I got up on stage, it was at a baseball stadium in, in Mazatlan, Mexico. I took a picture with a kid in a wheelchair and he had cerebral palsy. Um, I didn't know that, you know, I had no idea that there was an American girl from Ohio working in this um, with an organization called Back to Back out of Cincinnati. And she was living down in Mazatlan, helping with um, a lot of disabled children and um, kids in the children's homes. And so she just messaged me on Instagram. Hey, would you sign, would you print out and sign this picture for him? And Mm. long story short, um, you know, she was in, this was in 2017, 2020, we both moved to Nashville without knowing, I didn't know that she moved here. She kind of knew like, you know, I'd posted on Instagram um, and then over the summer we reconnected and it was just like love at first sight. I don't know. It sounds yeah. like she was stalking. <laughs> it sounds like she was stalking you. Yeah. That's the, that's the, uh, the non-radio version I give people. Yeah. She was, you know, stalking we'll, me, but we'll have to get her side of the story. You know, I just hope she's not, I'm in, I'm in our bedroom and she's at, at the house. So I'm hoping she's not listening right now. Cause she's going to be like, Oh, I was stalking you. Was I? <laughs> <laughs> Is Rachel musically inclined? I think Ra- Rachel has an incredible A and R ear, where she knows okay. if a song is good or not. Um, she, yeah. I think she could definitely sing if she wanted to. She has zero desire to be on a stage. 
Um, she, she doesn't even like doing like, like taking pictures very much, but, um, she, she's very, she knows what people like. Um, you know, when I, I always like, you know, show her my songs first and she gives really good feedback, which is, I actually really appreciate that because that's how my, my dad was. My dad would always listen to my songs and say, Hey, this is a, this one's really good. What, like, what if you worked more on this part and it would challenge me, you know, cause be all right. I actually wrote in Spanish first. And then when I rewrote it, my producer was there. And when I was writing in English, he, you know, we were, we were sitting in quarantine and, um, like, he was like, nah, redo that line, redo that line. And so I, I wrote Danny's verse like over, you know, a, a longer period of time because, you know, we were like, we got to get something that really, really hits. Um, and it's right. true. So, um, I really appreciate that type of feedback and and Rachel is is uh she has no lack of feedback <laughs> <laughs> which I don't either so that we, yeah we we match uh, yeah the the being able to have constructive criticism um it's it's healthy but it's a little different when it's coming from your spouse isn't it Yes, definitely. Because they, you know, <laughs> I think one of the things I've learned about marriage is that I have so many expectations on on Rachel, my wife, that I have on nobody else. Growing up, and you know, I, I dated, but it was never like you know super long term. We were always far apart. I was very focused on my career, and then mm-hmm. you know, and I grew up in the church, so like my expectation on oh, you get married and it's just all roses and it's amazing and beautiful, <laughs> and it's like I'm learning. That's the comedy part of this show, by the way. I have so much to work on. Right? (laughs) Like, I thought that I was extremely service-oriented. I thought that I was very uh, selfless. I thought that I was very, um, you know, generous and giving and supportive. And then you realize, you know, and I don't think I'm, like, the worst person in the world, but I'm, like, my wife deserves somebody who deserves the better version of me. And Sure. You know, and so like, like it was just easy to say like, oh, I'm very Jesus like, very, you know, Christ like <laughs> when I was single because nobody sure. could see, really see. And I could and I think I'm very good at like repressing the bad parts of me. Like, oh, those mm-hmm. those are in the closet. I just don't even like open that. Like, you know, right. that's that's a once in a while thing. And then you're living with someone who's like, hey, you paint this picture to other people, but this is what you're really like. Maybe right. you should work on that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think overall so marriage is is a lot of work, and it really is. Yeah, it is. It's be- It's beautiful. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and but but yeah, I, I think that the the work part of it was what surprised me because it you know mm-hmm. you I, I still have single friends and like you know we would all talk together like oh when we're married we'll just be <laughs> traveling the world together yeah and yeah. And so it's uh, it's also putting someone else's dreams. Like I had all my dreams of music and traveling and career, like, you know, set in stone. And now to say, okay, there's someone else's dreams I also need to work towards and support, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is, is really cool. But yeah. then you get kids and then, and then it changes all over again, right? Oh, yeah. Sure I mean, yeah, I think I'm just a... Uh, I need to buckle in, man. <laughs> like, You're in for a ride, buddy. Yes. Right. Well, that's yeah. good. Um, I, just curious, what label are you with right now? Are you with a label or are you independent? I am independent. I have distribution with Capital. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we uh, a lot of the things that we do are all in-house. Um, one of my best friends produces and helps me write. And 
um, have a great management team, but we've been independent from the start. Right. Awesome. And can you tell us a little bit about your music career as far as far as the journey is concerned? I, I kind of get the impression it may be similar to like a Justin Bieber where, you know, he's posting stuff on YouTube or IG stories or something like that. And just, you know, getting recognition like that. Would you say that's similar to yeah, what you did? Yeah, a lot of people compare me to Justin Bieber. Um, <laughs> I'm so, totally kidding. Wow. We're going to hashtag <laughs> Justin to- Bieber on totally, this. Yeah. Totally kidding. Um, but no, so I started, I started leading worship when I was um, in high school and I loved, you know, being at church and I really just loved the community that um, I had and, and met some of my best friends playing music and, and worship. Um, and so my friend Sean Cook, who uh, has produced basically all my music since I was 18, um, you know, we, we met in high school and we were neighbors and, and started working together and we dreamt cool. of the day we would get, you know, 10,000 views on YouTube and we were doing little videos and, um, you know, and so we, we had recorded some English albums and like, you know, it just really fun local stuff that we were doing. Um, and then I, I said, Hey, I, I had gone to study in Spain for a semester in college and I came back and I was like, Hey, and I read a book by Reinhard Bonnke, um, the mm. German evangelist and missionary to Africa. And I, and I said, man, I think like, I think God's doing something in my life. Like I've been learning Spanish for years uh, my dad worked at a homeless shelter. A lot of the guests were from Central America. And I, so I was like, man, I really believe that God is doing something in my life in Spanish. And so I had, I had started, you know, writing music in Spanish and um, making more friends that spoke Spanish. And I went down to Mexico, had a life-changing encounter with God um, awesome. the very first night where, you know, I thought, look at me, I'm going to be the next Billy Graham um, but a musical Billy Graham or whatever. And <laughs> just such a humbling experience where I really believe that God was like whispering to me, you know, I was, I was at a tent meeting with 60, um, ladies and like 20 young kids. And, and, you know, I, I thought I was, I, I wrote it actually in a song one time that I thought I was the blessing. Like I'm going to go mm-hmm. bless them, but they blessed me so much more. And, and I felt the Lord just say to me, if you want to do anything here, you need to learn to love my people. Like you're yeah. not there to, you know, be a rock star. You're not there to, you know, right. whatever. And so I, I stayed with these missionaries and just went through a process of restoration in my life, um, healing, forgiveness, and learned to really love Mexico. And then I took a trip to, I recorded an album in Spanish, went on a trip to Colombia, um, to Bogota, and just things started going out at like wildly out of control. Like I had no idea <laughs> what God really had planned for me. And I met Marcos Witt soon after that. I was, um, I did a degree in Spanish to really learn the language well. Um, Mm. And then from there on, I mean, we were doing, you know, just, I mean, things on YouTube just went crazy. So I started going to little churches, doing like worship nights. And, you know, we were doing five of them a week um, all over Colombia, Argentina, Chile. I mean, places I had never been, my family had no contact with. And it wasn't like, you know, a bus tour where everything's like we had a manager, like we were staying sometimes in people's homes. And mm-hmm. it it just got so big that I was able to finally start traveling with a band. Um, and, you know, I moved to Houston, met some of the, the more of the people in the Christian Spanish industry. Um, 
And it was incredible. It was like, I felt like I was just like white knuckling, like holding on for dear life for mm-hmm. years, but in the best way. I remember when I would drive into Mexico, I would scream with joy. I would just shout because it was so exciting and it was so beautiful and I felt so free. And that's what, that's what this music career has been to me is a, mm-hmm. you know, and I have no, you know, I think record labels are awesome and I have a lot of friends that work for them, but the fact that I've had the freedom to, to not be like, Hey, am I writing to go and make money? Um, you know, I, right. I, obviously it's important. I'm married and I, we have a mortgage and we got to pay the bills. Sure, but sure. God, what do you want me to do? Yeah. What is the purpose for this music? And, you know, and, and for me, I had somebody speak over my life. You're a bridge. You're a bridge. Like there's a hmm. lot of people that learn English. But uh, what a lot of people told me is that there is no need for you to learn Spanish. You could go sing in English. You can go have your career. And, and that was like so mind boggling to me because it was, you know, for God so loved the world. And, you know, how do I love my neighbor as myself? I grew up in L.A., Every, mm. 60% of the, of the city speaks Spanish. And then I moved to Texas. Same thing. I lived <laughs> in Florida. Same thing. Now I'm living in Tennessee and it's shocking to me actually that, you know, there are a lot of Latinos here. Sure, but sure. You know, uh, might not have the same representation. But so when I moved here and started, you know, recording in English, it's been really cool because my goal is to just bring about some more bilingual music that – there's a joy that I learned in Latin America. And I, and I say learned because it's not, it's not unattainable for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Evan, it's, it's interesting because you're talking about, I mean, everything you're talking about is, is with regards to your music career, but it's, it's basically a talk about evangelism when, yep. you, when you think about it. And, and I immediately think about, you know, first of all, for those that don't know, your first album was Spanish, which is just wild, you know, for an English speaking <laughs> guy, right? Right. But, but what I find interesting is is the fact that you are have been, you know, determined to learn the language and and meet people where they're at. And kind of the scenario that went through my mind is is like going to a Chinese restaurant and at like a genuine Chinese restaurant where the owners are Chinese and they speak Chinese. And then after the meal, trying to be Mr. Evangelist by handing them an English word, <laughs> New Testament saying, here, I'd like you to have this. And right. like that's meaningless, really. You're not meeting people where they're at versus, yeah. you know, you've actually gone out and got a Chinese New Testament or something like that because you really do sure. care instead of just kind of meet a quota or check in the box, you know? Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I feel like sometimes I feel a little bad. Like I had to kind of understand where I was at too in Latin America because I, I wasn't, I was, you know, the, the idea of coming in and being like this big evangelist was not happening. Like they weren't, you know, there weren't Evan craft events that were like changing the nation. But I, under, what I understood too was that like, that's not even good for my ego personally. Mm-hmm. Like what was so good for me was to understand how do I encourage the youth of this nation to follow Christ? How do, and, and, you know, I mean, there was a kind of a controversial thing where, you know, Justin Bieber is like posting about smoking marijuana and like, um, and I had some people call me cause I did this in Spanish. I didn't do it in English. Um, but I, I posted like, Hey, I know a lot of Christians follow him. And I know a lot of people like he's had this, you know, this transformation and, um, giving his life to Christ. And I was saying, Hey, but still 
this is what we believe. And I believe that God has something better for people. I believe that God wants to free us from that stuff. I think that this may be something that he's hurting and that's why he's doing this. You know, I don't know him, but my, you know, my point in Latin America was to say, Hey, there are like, there are so many vices and there's so many things that the the enemy wants to distract you with. I mean, Colombia is a, is a country that has been, you know, ravaged by drug trafficking Mexico as well right. um like the sex industry uh, um you know there's there's always something I, you know there's idolatry with soccer stars all over i mean you know and i'm not even talking about the us i'm just <laughs> so right right so i go so how do we you know teach a younger generation to put christ first how do we be a good example um you know cuz i had a lot of leaders in my life mess up and, mm-hmm. you know, I had put, I had put them on the platform instead of Jesus. And <laughs> so it was a, it was a really crazy thing because sometimes I felt like I was just a Christian entertainer. And then I would hear, you know, I, I would hear stories. It was actually about like a, a radio station um, in Paraguay one time where I was, I went to an event in a city called Encarnacion and a family came up to me. The pastor was like, Hey, I want you to meet this family. Um, you know, their, their, their son loves your music. So they were telling me, Hey, you did a cover. And, and this is one of the hard things. Cause I did a lot of covers. So it wasn't even my music that was really reaching uh. people at some points. And so I did a, a song called glorious ruins by Hillsong. And, and it says that the ruins come to life. Um, and the, I, I did it more in Spanish. I'm not really sure what, <laughs> I can't remember what the English was, but like in the power of your name, mm-hmm. like, okay. and I remember they told me our son has cancer and this song gave him hope that See? he will have a new body in the future, that he will that he will be able to run and play with his friends and do things. And I said, oh my gosh, well, let me meet your son. And they said, well, he actually passed away. Like, and it, it, their summer is in, you know, our winter. So it was in like February. Mm. And he said over, you know, the Christmas break, he, he passed away. And he was, so we brought like 60 people from their church came to the concert and they just said, we just sing the song. And mm. like, I think for me, understanding, you know, what, my position was as somebody one i was able to bring a lot of songs from the u.s or you know other countries to latin america to the power of music and the power that you know the whole how the holy spirit works through that to bring comfort and you know that was so crazy like there's songs that that pump us up psych us up hey you know like um there's nothing that our god can't do incredible but there's also songs of just comfort and that's where you know, something like that or like a be all right um, has been able to, you know, I've heard so many testimonies of people. I, I sang it yesterday at church and I saw somebody weeping while I was singing it. And and, mm. and I think I think to myself, like, there's awards, there's, you know, financial compensation, there's all these things. But like, how powerful is it when somebody listens to a song and they can identify and they say, hey, I need I need that God. I need the God who like, I need to be able to articulate my world is falling apart. And even though they say it's in your hands, God, I can't, I can't understand. I can't wrap my mind around that. Right. Right. And so, you know, so it was so cool to, to, to see that and, you know, play out across Latin America. And now, you know, to be able to bring what God has been doing in Latin America to the U S when I was much younger, I went on a short-term mission trip to Argentina and Paraguay, 
and nice. I would I would love to go back. Like I just I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the um, just the scenery and everything else. I enjoyed the fact that I could buy a cheap leather jacket um, in Argentina. <laughs> because, <laughs> sorry, I didn't. Well, did I say they that have all the cows down there. They have like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. By yeah. you know, really good price leather jacket. That's not the main reason, obviously. Um, <laughs> and a good uh, reason. <laughs> if you look, yes, good. indeed. <laughs> but it's it's just, and you you mentioned about the fact that when you a lot of times when you've been in you know South America where people put you up in their homes, and I was like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. That that's what happened to us when we all went down there. We're all in different homes and stuff, and get yeah. you know staying with families and and you know uh, going through all of that, which is different if you're not used to living in somebody else's house short term right mm-hmm. um do, do you still go back to latin america i mean the fact that your your spanish uh albums are so big um do you still get a chance to go down there as well yeah i mean obviously the last two years has been extremely complicated sure. in trying to go um I was recently in, in Colombia in, in Bogota. People are going to think I only go to Bogota. <laughs> um, but I, I actually lived I lived in Medellin, Colombia for about a year. Um, I've li- I studied in Costa Rica. I, I mean, it was, you know, eight years of purely Latin America. Um, and then COVID hit. Right. And so, yeah. you know, my my strategy, you know, my I was like, how was I going to make money? And, my you know, my strategy wasn't English, but I was living here. And I was like, okay, well... I can only do things in the U S right now. So I started yeah. doing, um, I had already released recorded all the Spanish. And so we said, well, why don't we do this song in English? And so, you know, um, when I, I was in Tampa this week, um, recording a music video and it was great because all of my friends are Honduran, Dominican, Colombian. Um, when I go to Houston, all of my friends are Guatemalan, Chilean. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, even though I haven't been able to go that much, you know, my one of my best friends here in, in Nashville is Venezuelan. So I, I'm, I'm still very connected with the culture, even though there's been um, just, you know, it's not been easy to go. And, you know, just the, just the, the devastation that COVID had on economies in Latin America, there's been few events, um, right. you know, where churches usually would invite us down to play. You know, right now flights are you know, double what they used to be. So in trying to invite a band down, um, trying to, you know, host us, it's just, there's, there's a lot of obstacles, um, that we have not been able to, you know, it's, it's a crazy world right now. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm dying to go. I love Argentina. I love, and I have so many friends, you know, and, and that, you know, it broke my heart because they had lockdowns that were months long and they were not able to leave their homes. So, um, my wife and I were able to help out a few friends. We're like, you know, $200 could change be the difference between them eating or not eating. And, you know, which is mind blowing for us in the States. Like, you know, like that $200 at our, you know, at a Kroger today doesn't get you very much. Mm-hmm. Right. But, right. Um, you know, and so, yeah, we have so many friends that like my, my wife was in Mexico last week visiting, um, you know, all the children's homes and, and the people she worked with for, for years um, so we, we love it. And, and that's really our heart is, um, you know, we've talked a lot about how do we get back? Maybe we, yeah. you know, maybe we go live there for a little bit, but, um, <laughs> we love it. I love your heart, man. It, it's, it's refreshing to hear, um, all of what you've been sharing and 
to hear it from someone that is uh, as young as you are. Like a lot of people in our industry, they don't get this revelation until uh, much later in the game. And um, so it's it's definitely refreshing to hear. Um, I want to know from you, who would you like to work with in the future just to kind of continue to bridge the gap? Man, um, I mean, there's a, like a lot of people. Um, you know, I mean, I've listened to Toby Mac since I was a kid and, you know, <laughs> that would be amazing. I think for King and Country are probably, you know, the most – like they've pioneered so many things, just the, you know, their work ethic. And like, I know some of their family and I've been able to work with one of their brothers on a music video shoot. Um, They're absolutely incredible. You know, I really respect Torn Wells and I've been able to translate for Elevation and and for some other people, but I'd love to, you know, collaborate in in a, in a deeper way. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, and, and, and really it's, it's really cool too, because I've been able to introduce, you know, someone like Ray Mills who has a, very huge you know a huge career thriving career in latin america to danny mm-hmm. Gilkey, and they and they did you know we did be all right but then they did another song together um you know and so being able to nice. i just got to work with kb um uh and then you know but we did like be all right remix which you know his wife is panamanian so we we're able to you know connect on those things as well um nice so we'll yeah we'll see it's just uh you know, I love collaborating. So the, the invitation's out to everybody. Yeah, there you go. It's official. It's official. You know, that some of the names you mentioned there are really hard workers, like you said. Toby Mac mm-hmm. for King & Country, Torrin Wells, Danny Gokey, all those guys, like they work their tail off. If, if yeah, I mean, do. some of the stuff you see on social media is the, the good part, you know, when they're on tour or when they're on the stage and whatever else. But they got those guys really do work hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think... For King Country has the reputation of, of being some of the hardest workers in the music industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and there's it, that's obviously a reason they're, they're in the place that they're at. Yeah. Right. And and I what I like about For King and Country is their their style of music. Like everything's different. Everything's like I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's always a different style, whether it's and even at yeah. Christmas time, they come up with these new versions of Christmas songs. Like, wow, that's I like what they did there, you know. I know. I'm trying to keep up with them. They yeah. they, they, they put the bar pretty high. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's interesting to see who you um, want to collaborate with. Uh, you've al- you've already done work with Danny Gokey, and you've done work with a lot of other um, Latin America type artists. Um, who has been your favorite? Ooh, you know, I <laughs> don't get in trouble. A, yeah, don't get in trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not at, least, at least the question isn't uh, the other way. Um, yeah, who was your least favorite? I think, <laughs> I think probably one of my favorite people to work with is Pat Barrett. Yeah, um, cool. I think Pat is one of the kindest, most genuine people. Like I got to go um, help him on his Spanish pro- project, and um, we stayed at his house. And he just he really like you know he made me feel so welcome. Um, and he That's went to, to record a song with me on my worship album and my whole team felt like, you know, he, he, you know, asked people their names, like, I mean, was, was very involved with everything. Um, and so that, you know, that's been a, a huge, you know, just, just, a, we, we still talk about it, which is pretty yeah. crazy. And, um, you know, he's been taking Spanish classes, asked my wife for you know, some advice on some, um, 
lessons. And he showed up when we were doing, going to the studio one time um, with a binder full of like Spanish homework. So I just think to me that that type of like engagement um, where he's, you know, he's not doing it just to have a Spanish song or expand his audience, right. but like, hey, I really love what God is doing there. That I, I resonate with that. So it's it's been it's been awesome to work with him. That's the building of great relationships too, isn't it? Sure enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how about that? That just did my heart so good to talk to Evan today. And he's uh, so he's so genuine and yeah, he is. And he's also got a good sense of humor, right? I appreciate yeah, that. I think I was giggling probably most of that conversation, right? But I enjoyed it so much, so and it was so refreshing. If you definitely want to look into more about Evan, visit his website. It's EvanCraftMusic.com. That's right. Evan Craft. Thanks so much to him for joining us today. And we do have some time for some artist advice this week coming from Desiree D. Well, the best piece of advice I've gotten was to be consistent. And I say that, especially now that we're living in a world of technology and social media. When I first became an artist um, in 2014, Um, I never showcased anything that I did. I hid from everyone, even my parents. They never heard me practice for almost 20 years at that point. And I said, well, how can I reach people and tell them about myself? Well, I guess I got to record some videos. Now, I don't like the way that I sound on video and I don't like the way I look (laughs) on video. But um, sometimes you have to go outside your comfort zone to be seen. So I made it my point to start recording um, some stuff that I do on piano. And what I would do is I would post them in Facebook groups because at the time I was very um, active on Facebook before there was an Instagram. Um, And I got a lot of friend requests. A lot of people were reaching out. And once I was on Instagram and pretty active on there, I would move all my videos to Instagram. I'd still share them on Facebook to the point where people were reaching out and people were commenting and my following went up and... Um, because I was consistently doing it, um, I was seen by a lot of huge industry people. And because of that consistency, other in- instrumentalists in other countries collaborated with me. And um, I was able to meet so many different artists and musicians to the point where people are flooding my DMs asking me to produce their songs <laughs> and nice. all this stuff. So if I could give any piece of advice to anybody is if you want to be seen, be consistent. Find your niche. Find something that people attract or are attracted to when they come and see your page and just be consistent at it and post every single week. Great advice from Desiree. I'm thankful for that. It's so important to maintain consistency across the board in every area of our lives, you know? You know, I like what she said about being consistent and going outside your comfort zone and showcasing your music. I don't, you know, I don't like, you know, you and I have had these conversations. (laughs) I don't know if it's ever made the podcast, but I'm not a big fan of social media, but I understand the importance of social media, right? Sure, sure. Because there's some people that that live online, right? Especially over the last couple of years with the pandemic. But even what she said about showcasing your music, I mean, that's 
that's essentially what Evan Kraft did and mm-hmm. kind of got noticed. And that's how he's able to spread his wings. That's how he's able to spread out people that he knows in the different countries and different right. languages. And he's talked about all these friends he has in different cities and different countries right. and stuff. Well, how do you think he did that? I think a From lot being of being consistent, being consistent <laughs> and showcasing his music and seeing how that's worked for Evan Kraft and how it's worked for so many other artists. I think it's really mm-hmm. important to be, you know, to show that consistency and whether you like you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whether you like that social media or not, understand what is your goal in all of this? In your music mm-hmm. career, if you're a musician, if you're an artist, if you're a Christian artist, if your goal is to reach people, then this is one of the ways to reach people. Sure enough. My brother's a pastor, as I've mentioned before, and he's even said to me, you know, you have to be available on the, all the different platforms. He's on Twitter, he's right. on Facebook, he's on Instagram. Right. Not necessarily because he wants to be, but he understands that all of his congregation might be on different platforms. Some might prefer emails, some might prefer texting, some would prefer DMs on the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And so he has to be available Mm. in all those different mediums so that he can meet their needs and be able to relate to them. Yeah, it's true. It just reminds me of a scripture actually. And and Paul was saying, I I become all things to all people so that I can win some, you know, and we have to be able to um, just meet people right where they are and definitely be consistent. So I appreciate that. I like that. And that's a perfect verse to wrap things up as well. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, thank you to Evan Kraft for joining us today. And thank you for uh, Desiree D for those words of wisdom, the artist advice from this week. And thank you for listening to the podcast. We have new episodes dropping all the time. If you subscribe to the podcast, we will let you know when the next episode is available. And uh, we appreciate all your comments and your feedback as well. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves. Check us out wherever it is that you get your podcasts, including Spotify. If you get them at iHeartRadio or at Apple Podcasts, find us. Find us. Subscribe. Oh, so you're just trying to get the last word. (laughs) Uh, Maybe not. Maybe so. I don't know. There you go. Oh, last word. No, me. I'm going to say the last word. It's me. Y tú, y tú, in Spanish.